0: Welcome to Talk Nation Radio, a half-hour discussion of politics as if the people mattered. I'm David Swanson. It is my great privilege to welcome to Talk Nation Radio Ray McGovern. Ray McGovern's work is supported by the Ecumenical Church of the Savior, which strongly believes that church synagogue mosque leaders must find ways to find their voice and speak out. He uh, There's something he disagrees with me on. Uh, he has been studying, analyzing Russia for more than five decades, both in academe and government. He was a senior analyst uh, at the CIA during the 1980s, He also conducted early morning briefings one-on-one of the President's Daily Brief for President Reagan's most senior foreign policy advisors. He is also a terrific advocate for peace and has been for many years. Ray McGovern, welcome to Talk Nation Radio. Thank you, David. I could have sworn I had had you on this show before, and I have not, and that is an incredible failing, so it is uh, very good to have you on. Uh, well, that's, and, why you, that's why you're giving me two hours right now, correct? Well, this will be the first half hour, and we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll catch up on the rest of that in the, in the coming sure. months, I hope. Uh, but, I, but I had to have you on, even though I thought I already had had you on, because you've been such uh, an informed and important and rare voice. On the Russia Gate madness uh, that has swept Washington D.C., and because this week, more than at any time in the past uh, several years, we see the conflict between the United States and Russia taking potentially catastrophic form through the the increase in hostility in Syria.
1: Without. Uh... Exaggerating the significance of what happened on Sunday when a U.S. plane shot down a uh, Syrian jet, well, let me just say it's impossible to exaggerate the significance of that. Uh, You'll recall that uh, on April 6th, President Trump decided to gin up his popularity numbers, shooting uh, 59 cruise missiles into an airfield in Syria. Russians reacted uh, pretty calmly to that uh, they had been warned ahead of time <laughs> two hours ahead they get your people out of there we're gonna, <laughs> gonna bomb it we're gonna strafe it they didn't really do an awful lot other than complain one rhetorical statement which did matter was the pr- the uh, prime minister of russian uh, Dmitry Medvedev, saying you know we used to have an atmosphere of trust with the United States now there's a complete absence of trust They can't figure out. The Russians can't. Whether Trump did this all by himself or that mad dog Mattis and McMaster at the NSC advised him to do it. Our information is that he did it all by himself. Thank you very much. Talking with Jared Kushner and and his daughter. And then he asked McMaster and those to fill in behind and do a quasi-intelligence memorandum justifying it. Back to the point here. Uh, how did the Russians react? Well, one would have thought that it would have uh, canceled participation in this joint uh, exercise, this joint uh, headquarters uh, located, uh, well, in Syria and in Jordan, where they deconflict these flights. Now, uh, they did not do that; it continued unabated and the militaries of both countries, that is Russia and the United States, including Syria and Turkey and, and uh, Jordan, and even in Britain, they all continued to coordinate, and as they call it, de these flights. So a, a, an incident such as happened on Sunday would be avoided. Whoops, all of a sudden, what happened on Sunday? We knew in advance, because the Russians told us the Syrian uh, Syrian flights were being conducted in that area, and we shot that plane down anyway.
0: Yeah. Now here, you're they, here, you're they, using "we" to mean the U.S. government in this case. Yeah, I'm
1: used the U.S. government. Yeah, I used to be part of that. Uh, now, what does this mean? Well, uh, you know, if they're not going to deconflict anymore, we're back to square one, and I, I date square one. Uh, back to last summer, when uh, the Ministry of Defense spokesman said, look, enough of this foolishness. We're going to shoot down everything that flies over Syria. Uh, please don't uh, be deceived into thinking that these so-called stealth aircraft are immune. We're going to shoot them down too. And last but not least, you know, Syria's not very big. We won't have have very much time to uh, to warn anyone. This is the warning. This is the last warning. There's not time enough to identify who owns these planes. Whoa. Well, that was the worst of it. And that was the statement of the spokesman of the defense ministry. Today they've said the same thing, pretty much. They've said, look, this is it. Uh, We... uh, Don't want this to happen anymore. We're going to target anything that flies, And uh, please be advised that this is it. So the deconfliction, I would guess that uh, they'll still meet in these deconfliction centers. But I don't expect the Russians to take seriously uh, any any, uh, uh, deconfliction that would uh, end up in shooting down Syrian or, worse still, Russian planes.
0: What the the Russians said on Sunday or Monday, Ray, if I'm not mistaken, was any U.S. or coalition planes east of the Euphrates, they will shoot them down. Is that right?
1: Yeah. You know, it should be east of the Euphrates. Uh, Some of the press reporting are saying west of the Euphrates, but that doesn't make an awful lot of sense. So I'm sure you're right. So so where are we here? We're in a situation where um, President Putin doesn't know who's running our air force. Now, back in September of last year, you'll recall that, to his credit, Obama ordered John Kerry to work out a ceasefire in Syria with his opposite number, um, Lavrov. Last summer, uh, it was very clear that the Russians felt that they had been mousetrapped After 11 months of tough negotiations between John Kerry and uh, Sergei Lavrov, the foreign minister at Russia, approved personally by Putin and Obama both, there was a ceasefire agreed to on the 9th of September. On the 12th of September, it went into effect. On the 17th of September, U.S. Air Force planes bombed, known, fixed. Syrian positions on the top of hills and killed uh, almost 100 Syrian uh, forces and wounded many others. Now, what did Putin say about that? Well, he waited a couple of months and at at, uh, Valdai, the uh, big conference they have every year. He said, look, you know, it's really kind of confusing to us. Uh, I conclude an agreement with the President of the United States, in that case it was Obama, of course, And then it appears that not everyone in Washington uh, obeys the commander-in-chief. What do you mean? He meant that uh, the Secretary of Defense uh, uh, and his minions there uh, decided to scuttle the ceasefire that had been worked out for 11 months before. John Kerry himself, in an interview with the Boston Globe, said, you know, there were not everybody agreed in Washington about what I you know, what I concluded with uh, Lavrov and that Putin approved. So you know it's really good. So what am I saying here? I'm saying that if Putin doesn't trust that even the president can restrain people that enjoy calling themselves mad dogs, you know, the the tripwire is much lower than it has been in years, and uh, if if these Folks, or these General Keynes or the Ralph Peters or the Mad Dog Mattis or, or the Dunfords, or the Marine Generals of our country, decide, well, I don't know, we'll stealth, they think they, they got down we'll show them a thing or two, we'll put a couple of stealth in it. They, they will be shot down, and then we will be in a kind of propaganda uh, situation which will, quote, justify, end quote, even more escalation. This is a very, very dicey time, David.
0: We're speaking with Ray McGovern, and we will have links up to his work and his website at Talk Nation Radio. Uh, Ray, it, it seems to me like in this moment of crisis between two nuclear armed governments, the top priority uh, among good liberal Democrats in the United States remains. Pushing uh, evidence-free accusations against the the Russian government, um, which seems absolutely bizarre, uh, if we hadn't gotten used to it over the past uh, several months. Uh, what is your what is your take on on this phenomenon?
1: Well, it is bizarre. Um, now, if you look at the the following day, uh, we're talking the shoot down Sunday, following day Monday. Okay. Uh, where did this report appear in the New York Times? Oh, it was on the inside page, uh, A ten. Okay, was there anything on the front page? A real little, you know, minuscule little blurb saying, "Whoops, yeah, there's a shoot down." Okay, go to page A ten. Washington Post, page A nine. What's on the front page? <laughs> obfuscation, not obfuscation, but the. Uh, uh, Obstruction of justice, obstruction of justice, obstruction of justice, all over the front page and on the early you know, pages. So you're quite right, David. Uh, it, it's bizarre here in Washington. It doesn't seem that, even, especially the, quote, progressive Democrats, end quote, if any, that they have any, any sense of responsibility for letting this thing get out of hand. Uh, they don't care very much. They're, they've imposed their Senate voters 98 to 2 to put more sanctions on Russia. So uh, this could easily lead, uh, needless to say, not only to uh, increased tensions with Russia, but the shoot down of U.S. plane, the capture of U.S. Uh, Air Force personnel. And then you get into a very, very sticky situation where neither side wants to back down. And Syria have suffered enough over this, there was a prospect of working together on this, this just makes it immeasurably more difficult to do that.
0: And, and how do you explain so many people, uh, including Trump supporters who applaud it, having come to believe that Russia gave Trump the presidency? Oh, well, to my mind, and uh, as far as I know to yours, uh, we just haven't seen a shred of evidence uh, to support that claim.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, what's bizarre about these investigations, David, is that in my experience, and I've been around here 50 years, usually you have a crime uh, to investigate. I mean, like Watergate, you had a crime to investigate. This time, there's no crime. There's just uh, a cabal uh, comprised of the FBI, CIA, and NSA Saying we assess and we assess and we assess some more, we assess that the Russians interfered with the with the election. Well, we assess. Where, where's the beef? Where's where's the evidence? Well, there isn't any, and this makes it very difficult because uh, when you have a, uh, a campaign motivated by a two pronged effort, okay, the first prong is, you know, what I call is the H. W-H-W virus. It's very virulent. It uh, descended on our country on the 10th of November. It's the Hillary would have won virus. Okay. Now there are all kinds of otherwise sensible people who suffer from PTSD. That's what it's like. I mean, it was such a shock that Hillary didn't win. And it's, it's beyond beyond belief that it could have been because Hillary was a fatally flawed candidate uh, who nobody trusted. That, that couldn't be it. And so very early on, who was it to blame? The Russians. The Russians did it. The Russians. But the Russians aren't WikiLeaks. That's okay. WikiLeaks work with it. The, the whole thing was orchestrated and played to a hilt by the New York Times, the Washington Post. And that's what's really, really scary here. Because without, without a, a a semblance of evidence, they've not only tried to justify why Trump is in office, namely with the Russians, but they've also tried to sabotage and have been so far able to sabotage. The only sensible thing that Trump has ever said over the last couple of years, and that is that there's no reason on God's earth that there can't be a decent relationship with Russia. Okay? (laughs) That's what they're at. Now, you know... David, better than most, that peace is very, very bad for business. That war tension, uh, you know, tension, especially in Europe with Russia, there I go, oh, man, that's very, very good for business. And so it's what Pope Francis called the blood-soaked arms traders, the arms manufacturers, and the congressional people who benefit from all this by taking part of the take and using it to get reelected and then appropriated more money. I mean, this is a great country or what? That's what's at foot here. They want tension. They, they don't want a decent relationship with Russia because they want a justification for continuing with this massive arms buildup that, uh, that Trump is behind and that uh, congressmen profit from and profiteer from, partly because of the jobs it brings to their community.
0: Well, I I have to agree but of course uh peace would be good for most businesses <laughs> not not for the arms trade but for other be, businesses and they keep quiet yeah. and they don't demand it uh and, and but I think that the that the motivation of the arms trade of the 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 warmongering of the xenophobia of the Russophobia, uh has to be a big element here because otherwise it seems to me there are 18 other excuses uh, ready to hand uh, for not looking into, you know, any self-examination of, of flaws in having, uh, you know, rigged the election, the nomination for Hillary. Because, it, number one, she did win. Blame the Electoral College. Number two, uh, Trump cheated and fought counting ballots where they existed in every court case and intimidated people, you know, engaged in threats of violence and voter intimidation. And you had Republican secretaries of state strip people from the rolls on a racial and prejudicial uh, partisan basis. I mean, you had the, the money corrupting the system. You have the media. And you have the guy who's now investigating the Russia madness, uh, or claiming to, uh, Comey, uh, having actually gone out and said something uh, potentially seriously detrimental uh, to Hillary Clinton's campaign, potentially illegally, uh, and they don't seem to care about that one either.
1: Well, you know, um, it's really hard to think about the Democratic Party of Franklin Roosevelt, uh, which was the party under which I grew up. Uh, a bunch of wimps. Let's face it. Uh, Hillary didn't even sneeze when a lot of this stuff happened. Uh, the uh, well, Kerry, you know, Kerry didn't contest things that happened in Ohio. Um, what's his name, Vice President Gore? Ooh, Gore. Oh my God, you know, they all folded. So they got no guts. And and when you got a bully like uh, like Trump. Uh, that's a bad combination—no guts on one part, one side, and a bully on the other. Uh, now, with respect to Comey, I mean, what's happened here is bizarre. I mean, <laughs> here we have a guy uh, who leaked a ostensible memorandum that he composed uh, on his laptop as soon as he talked to Trump, and he, he charges that Trump said, oh, it'll let let go of the." Uh, The investigation about uh, about General Flynn—he's a good guy. Uh, He's been fired. Uh, Just why we let uh, that—I hope you can let that go. Okay, so I hope. Now, I remember when Comey was testifying before the Senate Intelligence Committee, maybe two weeks ago or so, and one of the senators says, "Well, now, Mister Comey, uh, I'm a former prosecutor, and so are you. Now, have you have you uh, uncovered, or do you know of any case where?" where someone was accused of obstruction of justice because they expressed a the hope. And Comey said, well, you know, he no, 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 look, you're a prosecutor, so I'm a prosecutor. Has anybody been even brought to trial because they expressed a the hope? And Comey says, no, sir, I, I suppose they're not. So we don't even know what's in Comey's memorandum, uh, but if it's as reported, no, not reported, as leaked by Comey himself to the New York Times. Well, all he just says is, you know, I hope you can let this thing go away. And, uh, and that's a, a far cry from uh, something that, that's indictable or pursuable, it seems to me. Uh, now, what happens? Well, Comey says, without uh, any apology, so uh, I didn't personally leak that. I just told my folks to leak that to the New York Times, and they did. And uh, my purpose, says Comey, was to get a special prosecutor uh, nominated to get this thing underway, and and it worked. And so, so that's that's why I did it. Now, the day after, the head of the well, deputy head of the deputy attorney general, named a special prosecutor, and who was it? One of Comey's best pals, comrades, and arms former former fbi director bob muller now you, you couldn't i mean you could make this stuff up here he acknowledges why he leaked this so-called memo and where's the memo now where is it oh he gave it to bob muller <laughs> so so with this deft move comey has kept the memo out of public circulation, out of the press, and away from the Congress, okay? Who's got it? Bob Mueller. Now, you hear or you read the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and the Washington Post that Mueller and Comey are very distinguished, incredibly universally respected figures. That's, well, what we would, in the Bronx, we'd call that a crock, okay? Okay. What did they do? They approved torture. They approved illegal eavesdropping, gross violations of, uh, of the Fourth Amendment. They were in on the plans for attacking Iraq. These guys, a bunch of thugs. I remember I had a chance to ask Mueller a question. It was at Georgetown University. I wasn't alone, there were about 200 people there. But I asked him, he had just stepped down. I said, now, um, Director Mueller, I'm wondering if you had any qualms about the legality of parallel construction. Now, for your listeners, uh, parallel construction is where you illegally obtain uh, things through uh, dragnet surveillance uh, of uh, phone calls or emails or whatever, and then you give that to the local police or to the FBI and say, look, uh, you can use this to catch these very bad guys. But whatever you do, don't tell the judge because it's right out of court. Don't tell the, and don't tell the, the defense attorneys either. Now, it's just well established that that's what was going on. So I, when I had my chance, I said, now, Director Comey, do you have any misgivings about parallel construction? He looks at me. And he says, "Uh, well, uh, no, no misgivings. After 9-11, we were given special authorities. Mm. I didn't have a chance to say, well, how about the Constitution? So there they are. These guys have violated every law uh, known to the Constitution. That's a slight exaggeration. But why are they universally expected guys? Because, Because they're part of the establishment. And worse still about Comey, Uh, people may have may have seen Comey kind of squirm in the chair when he was testifying before the House Intelligence Committee. And he came up again with respect to the Senate. When did he squirm? Well, he was asked about why the FBI didn't get access to the computers of the Democratic National Committee misses the whole thing, you know. This is where the so-called Russian hack with the Cyrillic on it came from. Okay, so here's Comey saying, well, yeah, yeah we should have, I mean, I would have liked to, but we we couldn't, uh, we couldn't get access to the DNC computers, and so we had to go, uh, we had to go with this, uh, this commercial firm, CrowdStrike, a very good firm, mind you, uh, for forensics. Now, I recognize, I recognize the you really should do forensics with physical access to the machines, but I, you know, we couldn't do that. That was before the House, before the Senate. Uh, Senator Burr asked him the same thing, and Comey said, "No, we we couldn't do that." Uh, and Burr ever says, "Now, Director Director Comey, give us a break. Why couldn't you do that? Why didn't you do that?" And the answer is, and. I ask your listeners to listen carefully here. The answer is because Comey knew full well that it wasn't the Russians that were responsible for that little hack with the Cyrillic on it. It was his pal John Brennan, head of the CIA, that we now know has an incredibly sophisticated and expensive program which allows hacking into computers or servers or whatever, uh, obfuscating the word used in the original CIA documents, this comes as usual from WikiLeaks, obfuscating who hacked in and leaving little telltale signs like, in Cyrillic or Arabic or Farsi or Korean or Chinese. Those are the five languages they were working with. So if I had to guess, and I'd put a lot of money on this, it's not, it not the Russians that were responsible for that great hack that uh, CrowdStrike uh, uh, revealed. It was a hack but it was done by John Brennan, obfuscating the origin of the hack of the of the hack and putting these little it wasn't only Cyrillic, by the way, it was the first name and patronymic um, of the first K G B director Felix Yamunovich for Cheshinsky. I mean Uh, Apollo.
0: You don't want them to miss the point, do you,
1: right? No, no, you want to be pretty obvious about it. So anyhow, there's a lot going on here. I've never seen it quite as intense, but I think it's even more deranged from Watergate because at least Watergate, we had a crime, and so it was legitimate to investigate. These are fishing expeditions, and, you know, Trump is not far off. You know, they, they make a big thing of him saying it was a Russia thing. It was Trump and Russia, Trump and Russia. Well, yeah, it was. <laughs> but everybody says, oh, he's admitting that he wanted to call off the investigation. And my read of that is, no, the, the, the Russia thing is that all these leaks were happening and all these uh, fake hacks were happening. And no one looked at those. No one investigated real crimes. It's a crime to leak sensitive information. Intercepted messages with the Russian ambassador; those are crimes. Why doesn't anybody investigate it? He couldn't get Jim Comey to do that, and after ten months, he got fed up, in my view, and he said, "Well, let's get rid of this guy." And way he did it. it was crazy, but he did it.
0: Yeah. We, we've got just about one minute left, Ray. What, what can we do uh, to persuade our uh, fellow Americans, fellow human beings, that this is nuts? Uh, because people seem to be thoroughly convinced uh, and to believe they've seen evidence, even if they can't name what it is uh, or point to it or show it to you. How, how, do we, how do we change this before it's too late?
1: Well, you're right. Uh, you know, Martin, Martin King said uh, there is such a thing as too late we're getting close to that now David the thing is to spread the word around uh, you're doing a good job others are, there are enough of us what we need to do is persuade the American people number one we need to tell them that before the attack the war of aggression on Iraq 69 percent of them had been misled to believe that Iraq was a threat now you know what the number is Sixty-eight percent of the people believe that Russia has inordinate influence over Donald Trump. Uh, we have wait. to disabuse our, our colleagues of that. Make sure that they can make cogent decisions and get them to
0: look at responsible uh, websites. Thank, um, thank you for your help in that matter. I wish we could go on. We'll do the other hour and a half uh, in future shows. Uh, <laughs> Ray McGovern, thank you very much for coming on Talk Nation Radio. You're most welcome, David.